1: How did Dave Ziegler do as the Raiders GM in his first season in Las Vegas? That's the subject of this segment on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo Moten, Scottle Branson, back with you. You want to engage, you want to have some fun. If you're not a psycho, hit us up on Twitter. Follow Mo at Mo Moten, M O E M O T O N, and I am at L V Gully. We love to interact with fans who want to talk Raiders football. Whether you agree with us or disagree with us, totally fine. We will have a respectful conversation with you there, so we appreciate you. Also, follow the show at SNB today for the latest on show availability. Also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you can get it. Wherever you listen to your audio, you can find Silver and Black today. Okay, Mo, Dave Ziegler, let's let's get to first reactions to this because in his first year, he comes in. Uh, he hires his whole front office staff, his player personnel development staff. Um, he makes the big Devonte Adams trade. Everybody's ready to make this guy the mayor of Las Vegas after after one big move. He goes out and gets Chandler Jones another crown, supposedly jewel in the crown, I should say, for this Raiders offense that a lot of people were talking about as Super Bowl caliber caliber offense or defense. Uh, and And so then suddenly, um, the season starts, and in August, you and I are sitting around as others that cover the Raiders, and we're saying, hmm, what about the offensive line? Um, and we don't understand what they're doing, and they tell us they have depth there, and we can see that they don't have depth there, and they have a lot of inexperience and, and B-level talent, sometimes C-level talent. When you look at Dave Ziegler's first year as GM, I'm not going to ask you to give— A a letter grade because that's tired and old. But when you look at this, how, how do you look at his performance, what he was able to do? You called the Raiders' season on the field disastrous. How was it in the front office?
0: I would say it's disappointing. And see, you said disappointing for the season. I said disaster. I'll say disappointing for Dave Ziegler because. While he wasn't a disaster, because I like the fact that he, he established a core and let the guys know, look, we're rewarding our homegrown players, Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby, uh, even Derek Carr get, I mean, he got an extension, but it wasn't out there. So it was smart Mm -hmm. to do that because it wound up falling apart. So you got to give him credit for that. But as you just talked about, he ignored glaring holes on the roster. Mm -hmm. we. The offensive line clearly wasn't good enough. Now, has it overachieved? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a good offensive line. <laughs> uh, you you go into the season without... I know they signed Blau Nichols, but it was clear going into the season that they needed another impact defensive tackle, and they didn't address that need. So here you are with... Uh, with you're, you're rotating your right tackle between Thayer Mumford and Illuminar. You, you don't address your defensive line I, we talked about how I didn't like him even though he gets credit for establishing a culture there. But I think he jumped the gun with re- with extending Darren Waller. No question. I was I was always kind of on the against that deal, that extension with that amount of money that quickly. Yep. You you look at now. I know hindsight is always twenty twenty, but now when you look at the fact that they let Yannick Ngakwe go and brought in Chandler Jones, who basically flashed for maybe 33% of the season doesn't look good when you consider that you're paying you sign up to a three-year $51 million deal. So there's a lot of criticism that Dave Zidwood deserves. If you look at even I understand he didn't have a first or second round draft pick, but if you look at his draft class, Dylan Parham was the only guy who got significant snaps. Samir White, I get it because Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind, barely touched the ball this season. Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler barely saw the field. Brent <laughs> Brown didn't see the field.
1: Nope.
0: A Mumford got some good time, but at the end of the season, they leaned on Jermaine Luminar to be their right tackle. So, yeah. at the end, I mean, other than the the extensions that you got in Mac Hollins, you know, what did Dave Ziggler really do to build on what they had last year? And it's not much to really you can say about it.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, what, that's what's disturbing. I, I think, listen, I think it's hard after one year to evaluate somebody. Now, I think if Josh McDaniels is not that close with the GM, meaning they didn't come as a package deal, I think Josh McDaniels, and we're going to talk about him next segment, but I think he might already be gone. He could be. He could have been, okay? But because of that close relationship, he gets the opportunity uh, to live another day. But with Dave Ziegler, I agree with you because the glaring – miscues on the the interior of both the offense and defense and that is where you win championships is you have to have good offensive lines good defensive lines and so the winning in the trenches that never changes I don't care how what offenses do over the period of decades and how they change and how they get more open and how they're slinging the ball around doesn't matter you still need to have a good offensive line you still need to have a good defensive line that can rush the passer And so what I don't understand is why they chose. Now, I get what you're saying about taking care of your core players. Makes a lot of sense. The Waller one you and I have agreed with on uh, all along since we had Cynthia Freeland on the show in July who told us the same thing from NFL Network. And that was why would you even think about extending him? You got two years left. Uh, Instead of taking that money and maybe go getting. Now, again, this is hindsight. We don't know how he would have done. And Dominican Sue or somebody like that on the inside who you called for back in August, I think it was as well. And some other guys, you could have spent money there, but instead you spent money on Darren Waller who barely played all season. Now don't know that that's going to happen, but, but to me, that's where what, what he does in the draft and what we see over the next few months to me is going to be very telling because he has got to nail it. Mo, I said it in the first segment He not only has to have, he has to have a better than average, or I should say, better than good draft. He has to have a better than good player acquisition strategy when it comes to free agent. Like, he's got, if you were wowed by his stuff last year, and I'm not saying it's got to be blockbuster deals all over the place, Mo, but he's he's got all of the heavy lift is on him.
0: You have to understand, as I said in the first segment, the Raiders have a lot of holes. So you're right. He has to have a better than good draft because even a half-decent draft isn't going to cover it all for this team with all the, <laughs> the gas stake, with all the voids they have. Think about this. They need at least two offensive linemen because, as you alluded to in our Red Vic Taffer story, they're probably going to move Dylan Parham to center. Yep. So we know Alex Bars is not a starting guard in this league. So now you're going to need two guards. You could, you need to upgrade it right tackle. Every, As I said, every level of the defense needs a playmaker. You need a defensive tackle. You probably need somebody who's going to fill in some snaps for Chandler Jones, who's getting up there in age. He just ended the season with a major injury. You need to revamp your entire linebacker core if you're not bringing back Denzel Perryman. You need a cornerback because Rakia Sin and Anthony Averitt was terrible this year. Rakia Sin is a free agent. Nay took a step back. You the mm-hmm. safety, unless you bring him, unless you feel good bringing it back Daron Harmon. He's your starter. But remember, you you let go of Jonathan Abram because he wasn't gutting it. Right. But you you need all of the, you need all of this talent. So it you need more than half of your draft picks. Because remember, you're not filling all of these holes with expensive free agents. Some of that, a lot of that, I think you're gonna have to do via the draft. So he's gonna have to hit. At least I wouldn't say hit, but more than half of his draft picks have to be contributors in their first year, because if they're not, you're going to be rolling with a lot of stock at guys who may or may not work again.
1: And Mo, to me, he's got to be all, all of his picks from the first through three round, third round have to hit like without a doubt, like they have to. Now it's not all his fault. This team is in this position. It, It goes back to the Gruden era. Number two, when they just, one of the worst stretches in the history of the NFL with draft picks, having that many high draft picks and, and walking away with zero. Okay. So, so this is, that is astronomical as far as the chances of that happening, but it did. So, so you look at that and he's got to do that. And that, that's where I get to as well, because this Raiders team has to, they, they have a lot of holes. Now people want to put terms on, is it a rebuild? Is it a retool? It doesn't really matter. You have to fill roles my question to you is we've talked about and I've been a proponent and will be until uh, until it happens. And if it doesn't happen, I think I'll be disappointed for the Raiders. I've been a fan and a, a a proponent of trading Darren Waller and getting draft capital. If you can get if you can get it, if the value's there. Is there anything else they can do? I think they need more draft capital. They got a they got a bunch of it but I think they need to stack it because this team has to get younger. It has to get more talented. So you have to manage that budget. Yes. You can pepper in the free agents, but Dave Ziegler did not have a good year with free agents overall last year.
0: Right. I think, and that's why I'm okay with trading Darren Wallet. If he brings in good draft capital, because as I said, I'm on the fence about players who are hurt more often than not in recent games. So, I'm already kind of iffy with him. Now, he he did look pretty good when he came back from his injury. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, I think what's going to happen with the front office is they're going to see what Derek Carr brings in. Mm-hmm. If Derek Carr is able to fetch them multiple draft picks, including a 2-3, you know, maybe maybe they hold on to Darren Wall, especially if they bring in a Tom Brady. Because having Darren Wall there attracts Tom Brady, unless he's going to bring Gronk with him out of retirement. <laughs> you know, so that's that's the other thing. But if you're not if you're not bringing in a Brady, you get a young. You're going to go with a young quarterback and rebuild your offensive line and revamp overhaul your defense. As you said, you need as much draft capital as possible. But I think the first step is finding out what can you get for Derek Carr. That's the first block. Once you find that out, then you find out, okay, we have X amount of, we have nine draft picks. Is that enough to cover what we need? If it's not, then you start to look at, okay, who else has value? Who else has trade value? Who else can we move for more draft capital so that we can fill those holes?
1: No question. And, and you look at, by the way, um, before we go to our next break, You look at the schedule. The schedule was released uh, for next year. As far as the opponents, I shouldn't say the schedule. The opponents for next year, Mm -hmm. uh, the Raiders at home, of course, the three other AFC West teams, the Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers. Then the Jets, possible spot for Derek Carr although you don't think mm-hmm. it's going to happen. But if it was, uh, that would be incredible if he came back with the Jets to face the Raiders in Las Vegas. Oh, then the Green Bay Packers, again, the New England Patriots visit Las Vegas and the Minnesota Vikings. Away opponents, the three AFC West teams, they, the Raiders go. You talk about uh, two cold weather games, Chicago, depending on when they're at, Chicago, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. So you look at you look at their schedule, with the exception of the Jets – And Packers, every team of Jets, Packers and Broncos, every team the Raiders play next year is a play in the Bears is a playoff team. So all but four teams. So so all but four teams they play next year, Mo, are playoff teams this year. Now, that doesn't mean they will be playoff teams next year. But if I look at these teams, uh, away opponents, the Lions getting better, made the playoffs, the Dolphins getting better, made the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills, perhaps the best team in the AFC Okay. then at home, Minnesota, great year with a good young coach. Um, New England, of course, didn't make the playoffs. Green Bay didn't make the playoffs. Jets didn't make the playoffs. But the Jets, if they get a quarterback, watch out. So it's a tough schedule again next year for the Raiders.
0: Yeah, the Lions narrowly missed the playoffs, but they did finish. Oh, yes. Sorry. Narrowly missed. Yes. So but they're. Next year, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs. You know, I said the Lions would be a sleeper team this year, and part of the reason why is because they have—they're strong in the trenches. They built up their offensive line, and they built up their defensive line, and it's—it's exactly why I picked them to, you know, sneak up on a lot of teams this year. But that's not going to be an easy game because we don't know what the Packers' future is going to be because Aaron Rodgers is a little cryptic about what he's going to do next. Uh, I, the the Bears are rebuilding, obviously the first overall pick, so the Lions could really be a tough yeah. opponent on their schedule and could be a, in a lot better position than the Raiders if they continue to build on what they have. Now they may lose their offensive coordinator Ben Ben Johnson if he gets a job. We'll see, but I, I think the Raiders if they don't if they don't do anything this offseason that's significant as far as upgrading the roster. It could look a lot worse in 2023. And I hate to say that now and discourage fans, but, you know, time is ticking. And, and I said this on the BR show. I've said this on previous shows. Whether you want to believe me or not, I know what Mark Davis said that, you know, Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. Don't think for a second that the Red start 0-4 that he's not on the hot oh, seat.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or even if they start subpar, Mo. I mean, if if they if they go three and five or three and four or maybe maybe not three and four, three and five, two and five, where where it, it looks a lot like this year, if they blow. I mean, listen, I think it's going to. He has perhaps the hottest seat going into the next season. There's no question. I mean, he has to, especially now if Brandon Staley loses in the playoffs for the Chargers and and doesn't get fired this year, then he might have one too. But outside of that, I think Josh McDaniels has, is going to have the hottest seat.
0: And he should, because there's nothing he's done thus far that, that'll that show you that he's a, a viable head coach in this league. I, I hate correct. to bring up what happened you know, more than a decade ago, but there's nothing yet that tells you Josh McDaniels is going to be a good head coach. He's not just an offensive he, coordinator.
1: He, yeah, hold that right there because when we come back from the break, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Josh McDaniels. Mo's touched a lot on it already, but let's get into spe- some specifics about that. Uh, before we go to the break, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Turn on the auto download, that helps us out significantly. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks again. Always a great crowd on there. Uh, and also, by the way, when we go into the offseason, the show does run a little less, but we'll still be with you. There's no off-season in the NFL, just off-season off the field. But uh, when it comes to front office and the Raiders this year have so much going on, so we'll have that all for you here as well as some new features. We'll even have some shorter show. We might have more shows, Mo, uh, one week more than another. And there might be short little things here and there, too, just to keep you updated and to give you our view on things. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It'll be fun. All right, we're going to hit to that break. When we come back, we roll on with Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere.